the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. And thank you so much for joining us. At seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday, it is the third morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2019. Huge show today coming up with uh, respect to our guests, uh, two of our very favorites. One, Congressman Jim Jordan fighting to protect this country, this democracy, uh, the, our democracy, rather, this republic fighting to protect the presidency each and every day and doing it on the Intelligence Committee, on the Oversight Committee, on the uh, on the Judiciary Committee, and uh, he is going to join us to talk about all of those efforts coming up at 948. Following Jordan on a Tuesday, it will be Kersenow Day. Peter Kersenow will be joining us, Cleveland Attorney, member of the United States uh, Commission on Civil Rights, to talk about the 1619 Project. And if you don't know what that is, you probably will because it's being taught to your kids in schools. And the problem is it's fake news. All right. A lot of it is fake news. We'll let Peter Kersenow explain that coming up. Uh, it's a product of the New York Times. I'll just give you that much as a teaser, as a little hint. It's a product of the Times, and that should be all you need to know to know that it is indeed fake news. All right. So, uh, Jordan at 948, Kersenow at 1005. Your phone calls between now and then. This is a great time for you to make them. If you know what you want to talk about, go ahead and hit me at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. If you you do not know what you want to talk about and you want to wait till later, it'll have to be after uh, after 10.30 because, as I said, Jordan and Kersenow will be filling that block of time. So dial up when you are ready. The President of the United States is um, 
uh, at the NATO summit. He is meeting with a lot of leaders. He is speaking of matters that are of international importance, foreign policy, agreements, trying to bring peace uh, in places where there is none, trying to come to common ground and understanding with other world leaders with whom we have clashed, which is just a part of the nature of the beast, nature of the business, but also keeping his eye and his mind on the impeachment inquiry that continues back home. It's a hoax. The impeachment thing is a hoax. It's turned out to be a hoax. Uh, it's uh, done for purely uh, political gain. They're going to see whether or not they can uh, do something in 2020, because otherwise they're going to lose. He's 100% correct. That is exactly what it is. It is purely political. How do we know? Because it was announced before he ever did anything as president of the United States that somebody might deem impeachment worthy. They started saying we wanted to impeach him before he was elected. They said at the day he was elected they said it the day he was inaugurated that's how we know i think it's very unpatriotic of the democrats to put on a performance where they do that i do i think it i think it's a bad thing for our country impeachment wasn't supposed to be used that way uh, all you have to do is read the transcripts you see there was absolutely nothing done wrong they had legal scholars looking at the transcripts the other day and they say these are absolutely perfect trump is right when he uses the word Now, that continues to be a source of contention, the last thing that you just heard there from the president. That seems to be and continues to be a source of contention among those who defend the president. Some who defend the president say that the president's best track, his best defense, would be to stop saying that his call was perfect and just say that, look, maybe it wasn't perfect, But it wasn't criminal, and it wasn't impeachable. It was simply trying to gauge the level of corruption that Ukraine was going to be uh, in uh, with the new president, trying to find out whether he was committed to being a reformer as opposed to the previous president, who was all kinds of corrupt. Um, Maybe he needs to say that. That would take the pressure for impeachment off and maybe limit it to censure and that sort of thing as far as a punishment, so to speak. Um. Others say the president is right to call the the phone call perfect. And if you look at the transcript, those people are right. The phone call was perfect. I'm going to continue to say this until people stop complaining about the president defending his call is perfect. Those who want to say that his call or his question or his, quote, request for a favor from the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, uh, amounted to something that was inappropriate, simply have no earthly idea of what was going on in in uh, Ukraine before Donald Trump even took office and before the, the new president of Ukraine was elected, President Zelensky. The, you just don't know how corrupt that nation was. It was highly, widely regarded, rather, as the third most corrupt nation in the world in a variety of ways. And some say, well, you know, if the president had just not said, do me a favor, and maybe that's true, maybe that, but that also is just his language, it's his style. The the people have played countless numbers of examples of him during interviews and during rallies, saying, you know, I need them to do me a favor. It's not a personal favor, it's a, hey, we need you to do this because this is what our countries have to agree upon, that when we give you money, this money is used for appropriate purposes and not corrupt purposes. Do me a favor here. Let's look into that here. All right? We'll be sending you aid. We'll be taking care of our obligation. 
It's not even an obligation. You're requesting money from us. But we'll be uh, granting that those funds to you. But here's what we need you to do. Not me personally. We need to know what is going on here with your country. Is this now a reformed government or not? The president had every right to ask that. The president also had every right, and not just, I've said this before, not just a right, but also an obligation, a responsibility to ask what Ukraine's role was in uh, meddling with the U.S. election in 2016. Everybody was so up in arms about Russian meddling. That's fine. I personally was not as... If you listen to Dennis Prager... On a regular basis. You've probably heard him say this. I have. And I concur 100%. Dennis said that the Russian collusion, or excuse me, not collusion, Russian meddling in the 2016 election is the biggest non-story that he has ever heard in his illustrious career. It's a non-story. It doesn't matter if Russia tried to, quote, meddle in our election. And I concur with Dennis Prager 100%. Russian meddling amounted to a great big nothing burger. So they took out fake Facebook ads to try to influence the way people voted. Have you met one person who said, here's why I voted for Trump, or here's why I voted for Clinton? It's because of an ad I saw on Facebook? Have you met one person who said that my vote was changed from Clinton to Trump when I read what WikiLeaks reported uh, from John Podesta's emails? Dennis has said many times this was the biggest non-story ever. It impacted no one. He doesn't care about it, and I have to say, I don't disagree. The Russian meddling story was just so much uh, of a of uh, the insurance policy, if you will, that they decided to put together before Donald Trump was elected in the event that he was elected. We'll say that Russia interfered and Trump colluded with them, and therefore, uh, you know, the election is invalid, and we have to impeach him. I, I think the Russian story is just blown way, way out of proportion. But having said that, if the critics want to say that the Russian investigation was so big, so massive, the Russia, not investigation, the Russia uh, uh, meddling in our election and the investigation of it that followed was so huge that it impacted this country's voters and it's something we absolutely have to be on guard against, then why would those people then be opposed to President Trump asking the same questions about Ukraine? Another country that, according to multiple media reports, also meddled in our election. Tried to work on behalf of Hillary Clinton. The old government, the corrupt government of Ukraine, which was involved with the Obama administration by way of Hunter Biden's uh, uh, work for Burisma, being the son of Joe Biden, the vice president of the United States, working with the Obama White House. Multiple media stories reported that Ukraine was cozying up to and working behind the scenes to try to help Hillary Clinton. That's meddling in our election. That's a foreign power meddling in our election. Well, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana has been making this point. 
and I'm glad that he's making this point, because guess what? You can have two different nations meddling in our election at one time. Now, if you believe that the right, now again, I'm on Prager's side. I don't believe it amounted to hill beans. But if you are on the side that says Russian meddling is extremely important, then you have to acknowledge that there, there's not a cap on number of nations that might be trying to meddle. That if one nation is trying to meddle, another can't do it. And that's just ridiculous. If You can have two things going on at the same time. Vladimir Putin and his Russian operatives may indeed have been meddling in the election to the extent that they tried to buy fake Facebook ads uh, to put uh, you know, in front of the American people, that they hacked into the DNC, into John Podesta's very poorly protected server, and then gave information to WikiLeaks and Julian Assange, who pu- uh, published those things. If you believe that that happened, why do you believe it could not happen with Ukraine? So John Kennedy, senator from Louisiana, has been pointing this out for a while. Hillary Clinton yesterday tweeted at him, essentially mocking him for buying into the Ukrainians were working with Hillary conspiracy theory, suggesting to him, didn't you get the memo? Didn't you see the briefing that this was, uh, this was debunked? John Kennedy responded to Hillary Clinton on Twitter and this morning on Fox and Friends. I think what the secretary is talking about is I was asked if uh, if Russia or Ukraine had tried to influence our 2016 election. And I said both. Both. In other words, it's not just one or the other. Two things can happen at the same time. The Ukrainian government, not the people, but the government, and everybody knows this, it's well documented, is historically and organically corrupt. And that is very well known and was very well known to, yes, the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Which is why his questions about their corruption were perfectly valid, appropriate, and legitimate. And part of, as he said, a perfect phone call. I don't believe the Politico and Financial Times and Bloomberg and the Washington Examiner uh, are fake news. I mean, I think they're reputable. They're they're reputable uh, members of the of the of the uh, right. media. Reputable members of the media, and that's just four of the multiple media outlets that reported Ukrainian meddling in the election on behalf of Hillary Clinton. And and there are more, by the way. I would caution Senator Kennedy about calling Bloomberg credible because Bloomberg has pledged to be non-credible for the uh, 2020 election cycle. They have said, of course, that they will not investigate or be critical of their founder michael bloomberg and or any of the other democrat politicians in the race they will not be critical of any of them they will not cover them as a news organization news organization as at all but they will continue their critical coverage of the republican candidate the incumbent president donald trump so i'd be careful about the bloomberg part but john kennedy's point is very well taken All of those media sources reporting on Ukrainian uh, meddling in our elections uh, cannot just be ignored any more than the Russian reports can be ignored.
All right, we got a lot to get into here. I want you to jo- join me at 216-901-0945, 888-281-1110. It's the authority on AM 1420, The Answer. decision, but I'm not below anybody I know. If there's a chance of resurrecting a love. Hillary Clinton striking out at John Kennedy, the uh, senator from Louisiana, suggesting that he is off uh, his rocker for uh, talking about Ukrainian meddling in the election. That, you know, because this is what they're doing. They can't allow people to think that what, you know, the president and what John Kennedy and a lot of the president's defenders are saying that Ukraine meddled in the election, uh, that this is Ukraine instead of Russia. They can't give up on their Russia hoax. They cannot give up on that part of the story. When they, the hoax being the collusion, not the meddling. I'm not saying Russia didn't try to do something wrong. I think it's totally overblown as to its impact, if there was any impact at all. I agree with Dennis Prager on that. But nobody is saying, John Kennedy is not saying that Russia couldn't have done what you know they are alleged to have tried to do. But he's saying it's not mutually exclusive. It's not like there's a limit. It's not like just one country can try to meddle in an election. There is another country that tried to do it, too. Look at the reporting by Bloomberg. Look at the reporting by Financial Times. Look at the reporting by Politico. Look at the reporting by The Nation. Look at the reporting by The Washington Examiner. All of these news agencies um, did investigative research of their own and found that, yes, Russia was working closely with Hillary Clinton, very quietly behind the scenes so that they would not get exposed the way that um, Russia did in the WikiLeaks scandal. But Ukraine was part of this effort, and not part of, but a separate effort to meddle in the election. And that made President Trump 100% correct in investigating, or asking rather, President Zelensky of Ukraine for an investigation to find out what happened in 2016 and are the bad actors who are responsible for meddling and trying to partner with um, Hillary Clinton, uh, are they gone? Is this government now something that we can trust when we send our $400 million outlay, our latest $400 million outlay, we've given them billions? Um, and, and by the way, when I say we, I mean President Trump. President Trump is responsible for us giving billions over the course of several outlays to Ukraine. Remember, when Ukraine was being annexed by Crimea, or excuse me, when Crimea was being annexed by Russia, and essentially land stolen from Ukraine, during the Obama administration, Obama did nothing. Obama has done nothing and did nothing for eight years to try to help Ukraine fight off Russian aggression and Russian attacks in so many different ways. He sent them, as you know well know by now, blankets and MREs. Here you go. But wouldn't give them weapons. President Trump has done more for Ukraine in terms of signing off on expenditures of foreign aid than Barack Obama did in eight years. And Trump's been president for three. So when the president says, I want to know that our money, our outlay is not going to be used for corrupt purposes because of what has gone on before, he is absolutely right, and it's responsible, and it is really obligatory for him to do so. That's one of the reasons why the in the uh, Republicans' House Intelligence, Oversight, and Foreign Affairs Committees, 
House Republicans on those committees have released a joint report. This was actually sent out late last night. And I have a copy of the entire thing and a summary right here as well. And this is uh, the report on evidence in the Democrats' impeachment inquiry. And one of the key notes in this Republican report, which is kind of in advance of Schiff's uh, release of uh, the Intelligence Committee's report, the uh, the, the uh, prosecution, if you will, This defense of the president notes the following. President Trump has a deep-seated, genuine, and reasonable skepticism of Ukraine due to its history of pervasive corruption. That is true, and it's that mindset that the president had going into that phone call with Zelensky that needs to be considered. And reasonable people on a reasonable jury would say that. Yeah, the president had a real reason to say, what can you tell us about corruption in Ukraine? How much was your government involved in the meddling uh, in our 2016 election? How do we know that's not going to happen anymore? And how do we know other corrupt areas of your government are being taken care of, including uh, foreign, or excuse me, uh, including um, uh, energy companies like Burisma that's employed, uh, is employing a guy like Hunter Biden with a goal of getting access to the Obama White House. All of those were very valid questions by the president, and that's why when he said in his commentary yesterday that it's a perfect call, the president's right. Do not let anybody tell you otherwise. All of those things were important aspects of that phone call. Let me get a quick time out now for news. We'll come back. You want to be a part of it? 216-901-0945. Jim Jordan coming up at 948. Peter Kirsch now at 1005. Stay here on 1420 The Answer. Jordan joins us in about 12 minutes. One of the things I'm going to talk to Congressman Jordan about this morning is the long-awaited Inspector General's report. But we're getting some some immediate pushback, not pushback, that's not the right word, feedback and, quite frankly, some disagreement about what is going to be in that report that is coming out a week from yesterday. It's this coming Monday, December 9th. Inspector General Michael Horowitz's long-awaited report will be released. He is then scheduled to testify uh, in a House committee uh, hearing uh, on the 11th, so next Wednesday. That's at least the tentative schedule about what is in that report. Now, why does this matter today? Because of that uh, feedback slash pushback on it, if you will, that disagreement. And it comes from a man that I feel is one of the very best in the world, one of the smartest, one of the best legal minds, and quite frankly, a man who is dedicated to the Constitution and protecting the Constitution and with it, the presidency. And that's, of course, Attorney General William Barr. Attorney General Barr reportedly, and this is according to the New York Times, so you have to take this again for what it's worth, considering that source. But Attorney General William Barr Uh, reportedly disagrees with a finding by the forthcoming Department of Justice Inspector General report that the FBI uh, report, uh, and that is that the FBI had sufficient reason to monitor the Trump campaign in 2016. 
That is one of the findings, according to the New York Times, and I don't know what leak uh, they got that gave them this information, but according to them, that's what's in the report. One of the findings is that the FBI did have sufficient reason to spy on the Trump campaign in 2016. Now, if that is in the report, we sh- it should go without saying, this is extremely and extraordinarily damaging for the president uh, and his accusations that the deep state has been working to undermine his campaign and has been working to undermine his presidency. Because we all know that the reason for the uh, FISA court granting the warrant to spy on the Trump campaign was the existence of a dossier filled with lies from Russian assets, by the way, compiled by a former British spy and, uh, and used to present to the FISA court. And the FBI commissioned part of that report. The FBI paid for part of that report, along with the uh, DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign. It's part of the conspiracy to stop Donald Trump from winning that many of us have been aware of. And now, to find out the Inspector General's report may come out on Monday and say that there was sufficient reason to monitor the, to monitor the Trump campaign, that could poke a lot of holes in that, uh, in that theory. From Breitbart, the FBI conducted surveillance on Trump campaign associates, including foreign policy aide Carter Page, on the basis of suspicions that the campaign might have been colluding with Russia to interfere with the 2016 election. No evidence of collusion was ever found, though the surveillance continued well after the election. And the fact that the FBI was investigating the Trump campaign over Russia was leaked to Democrats and to the mainstream media. The IG report is expected to criticize the FBI for the way in which it approached the secret Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, it's FISA, a court to obtain a warrant uh, for that surveillance. The FBI relied partly on the so-called dossier, as I just explained, prepared by former British spy Christopher Steele for Fusion GPS, an oppo research company being paid by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. Republicans have claimed that the FBI failed to corroborate the unproven allegations in the dossier and hid its political origins from the FISA court. But there have been conflicting leaks about what the report, releasing, uh, to be released on Monday, will say about misconduct at the FBI. Several individuals have already seen drafts of the report as they are mentioned in it. The Washington Post reported last night that IG Michael Horowitz, it's the Inspector General, an Obama administration appointee, had concluded there was, in fact, sufficient evidence to justify what Barr earlier called spying on the campaign. Barr reportedly disagreed, though a spokesman for the DOJ dismissed reports of a dispute between Barr and Horowitz. Rather than speculating, people should read the report for themselves, she said. Horowitz was criticized for his 2018 report on how the FBI handled the investigation of Hillary Clinton's illicit email server, in which he found that officials mishandled the investigation, but that political bias was not the reason. So that's all from Breitbart today, and it's in a lot of other places, too. I just gave you the Breitbart account, but it's a problem. Could be, anyway. Uh, William Barr, the Attorney General, disagreeing with Inspector General Horowitz. And I would concur, and again, I'm not part of that circle, obviously, but based on the reporting that we do have, 
the inspector general may come out with a report that is actually damaging to the Trump administration and to the now defunct 2016 Trump campaign. That's, of course, a different campaign than the 2020 campaign. If the the uh, inspector general found that there was sufficient reason for the FBI to monitor the Trump campaign, then it's going to limit its criticism of the FBI to its processes rather than to its motives. And that is a problem. Because the motives of the FBI were clear and spelled out in yesterday's top story. The the multitude of text messages exchanged between the lovers, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. And one can only imagine how many other pieces of evidence pointing to that political motivation were in the 10,000 email, or I mean uh, text messages that were deleted from Strzok and Page's phones. So when you consider the totality of the of the the situation here you have potentially the inspector general saying that the FBI didn't have a a political motivation or bias in their decision to uh sp- present information to a FISA court to spy on the Trump campaign that they had a good reason that would be, if this story is accurate. Now, this is a big if, and we're six days away, and William Barr is saying, you know, let's just let everybody read it for himself. But but if this story is accurate, and we find it out six days from now that, uh, that Horowitz did find that, it's a big problem. And it's a big problem because it just flies in the face of the evidence that has been reported thus far about those, and testimony that's been given before various congressional committees about that dossier and about its um, uh, origins and about um, the messages exchanged, which clearly, of course, express the political bias against the president by the FBI. Jim Comey has all but acknowledged he hates the president, and he felt like the president was not suited for the job. Andrew McCabe was the Andy in the text message. That's the deputy FBI director in the text messages between Strzok and Page, who talked about this in Andy's office, what they were doing to stop Trump from winning. This is back in the summer, late summer, early fall of 2016, before the election. And then Strzok and Page, who speak for themselves, literally, literally, they speak for themselves by text message, uh, messages that have been made public because they came from their public phones, and these are ones that survived the purge of 10,000-plus that they deleted. So this is a major problem, is it not? The FBI was complicit in this scheme to spy on the Trump campaign all for the purpose of helping a political opponent of Donald Trump's, in this case, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and the IG report may very well clear the FBI saying they had good reason or sufficient reason to monitor the Trump campaign in 2016. William Barr disagrees with that finding, and who's right and who's wrong, well... This part is true. We have to wait until next Monday to find out what it actually says. But I'm going to pose that question to get Jim Jordan's reaction coming up next. We'll talk to Congressman Jordan about this. Talk to him about Lisa Page. We'll talk to him about uh, the president at the uh, NATO meetings as well as we continue next right here on AM 1420 The Answer. Fine music selection to bring us back at 9.48. I bet Jim Jordan likes that. He's a child of the 80s like I am. I bet he's uh, he was a big police fan. 
I was a big police fan then, then, and I am a big police fan now, but I'm talking about the real cops today. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, joining us. Yeah, that was... 1420 The Answer. How you doing, sir? Quite the bumper music there, Bob. I don't think I've heard that one on the show before, maybe. You get yeah, that was good. Often. We, uh, we, we yeah, I that, do, we man. We hit that whenever we can. <laughs> do you? Synchronicity, too. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah, they had a reunion tour about ten years ago at uh, here in Cleveland, and I actually went to that the first concert I had been to in probably twenty years. You and all the so. you and all the other fighting princes, right? The, from, uh, <laughs> student from Heidelberg. <laughs> you got to go, student go there. Don't what you? is that? What is that? I always I always bring out. What, what is it? The student princess or the fighting student? Uh, fighting student well, well, yeah. I, I mean, depends on who you want to listen to, but yeah, the official <laughs> name is student princess. <laughs> <laughs> from the from the play called the Student Prince of Heidelberg, yes, that's uh, there that's we similar. go, there we go. All yeah. right, Congressman, wait, wait, your play, pictures uh, in the your pictures in the radio station down there, right? Yeah, yeah, I know football, it's on the wall. I've seen it. I've been down there. I've seen it's it. It's on the Wall of I've Fame down it. there. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. It's a, it's, a, it's a great thing. It's it's a great school. It really is. I highly recommend it. No, to it's very nice. Yeah, very nice. All right, Congressman, I want to hit you here with uh, co- uh, with uh, President Trump, rather, from the NATO uh, uh, meetings and uh, speaking of the impeachment inquiry going on back home. I think it's very unpatriotic of the Democrats to put on a performance where they do that. I do. I think, it, I think it's a bad thing for our country. Impeachment wasn't supposed to be used that way. Uh, all you have to do is read the transcripts. You'll see there was absolutely nothing done wrong. They had legal scholars looking at the transcripts the other day, and they say these are absolutely... Absolutely perfect. Trump is right when he uses the word perfect. Now, a lot of critics say, Congressman Jordan, that he shouldn't say that it was a perfect call, that there was some of it that may be deemed inappropriate. But I, you know, I, I understand his point here. He needed to yeah, ask about Ukrainian involvement in the 2016 meddling. He needed to of ask course. questions about whether or not the old government, the practices, the corrupt practices of the old government, were going to be, uh, were going to be, you know, pervasive in the new government, or if this really was a reformed government. Those questions were, I think. I think obligatory for him to ask, right? Yeah, we're talking about the hard-earned tax dollars of the American people. We're talking about Ernst and Young said Ukraine, one of the three most corrupt countries on the planet. You got a new guy who gets who, who wins election. He runs on an anti-corruption platform. He wins overwhelmingly. Let's let, let's let's see if this guy's legit. Let's see if he's the real deal. We check him out for 55 days. It's frozen on the 18th. It's, it's released on the September 11th, 18th of July. Released on September 11th. They check him out for th- that time period, and they say, you know what? The president became convinced. And, and this is the president who, who, as we all know, is not a big fan of foreign aid, who, who is upset by the fact European countries aren't doing more to help. Uh, I mean, he's at NATO right now talking about that. He'll be talking about that issue, I'm sure, with, with leaders from, from European countries who, who understands the history of, of Ukraine and who understood that while the Ukrainians didn't interfere in the same way that the Russians did, we get that, they were trying to influence the election. You had all kinds of, of leaders in their government writing op-eds, saying all kinds of terrible things about the president. Lashenko, a leader in their parliament, said the vast majority of Ukrainian politicians want Clinton to win. So with all that, what's wrong with checking this guy out for a little bit of time and then saying, okay, here's the aid? And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that is uh, exactly what uh, you know the president means when he says it was a perfect call, and that is all spelled out in the transcript. And yet here we sit with more, uh, you know, uh, hearings coming up, and it goes from the intelligence committee now to the judiciary, uh, yep. and of course this is the committee that's responsible for drafting articles of impeachment. What do you make of their decision to hold these hearings now when they know the president has to be out of the country, and then they crit- then they condemn him publicly and try to make him look bad for not wanting to participate uh, in his own defense. That's how bad the Democrats are today. I mean, it used to be that, that politics ended at the, at the ocean shore, right? That when, when, when the leader of your country, when the president of the United States is traveling overseas, you stop this stuff. 
And they knew this was that, that this thing was scheduled as NATO. So the president is exactly right. But they don't care. When the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, two weeks ago Sunday, on CBS Face the Nation, when she calls the President of the United States an imposter, you know they, they, have, they have going to a new low. She called the President of the United States an imposter, the guy 63 million of us voted for, the guy who won the Electoral College landslide. That is the problem. They have never accepted the fact that we, the American people, decided we wanted someone to come to this town and shake this place up, and we elected Donald Trump president on November 8, 2016. And they have never gotten over that fact, as evidenced by everything we have seen, starting clear back in July of 2016, when they opened the Trump-Russia investigation, and everything that's happened since then, people announcing their foreign impeachment the first day of this Congress, uh, five, of the, five of the Intelligence Committee members had voted to move forward with impeachment proceedings prior to the phone call even happening in July. That says everything. So they do not care. They're all about this, going after this president and doing whatever it takes to stop him. In spite, of the, in spite of all that, though, he's had an amazing three years. Congressman, I have to ask you about the report coming out on Monday. Many of us have been waiting yep. with bated breath for the Inspector General Michael Horowitz's report uh, on the in, uh, investigation of the investigators, uh, largely. And uh, this is coming out on Monday, a week, a week from yesterday. And according to a new report by the Washington Post, and we take that for what it's worth, and the New York Times, uh, the report is going to say that the FBI did have sufficient reason to spy on the Trump campaign in 2016. And they say that Attorney General William Barr is going to disagree with that, or in fact, that he has already said that he disagrees with that characterization and said we just need to wait and read the report. Um, what is your take on that? And uh, if it is accurate that the inspector general found there was yeah. sufficient reason to spy, what does that do to this entire conversation? Well, uh, look, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. Uh, I, I will tell you this. I've been impressed with Mr. Horowitz's work in the past. But like most inspector generals, they, they typically don't push it maybe as far as we would, we would expect based on the evidence. You know, he, he did a, a few years ago in the Clinton, uh, how the Clinton investigation was handled. He had some pretty, some pretty rough things to say about a lot of people. Uh, did recommend, you know, and Andy McCabe, there were some real things he recommended for Andy McCabe in there. But that's typically how these inspector general reports go. The one that matters. Now, look, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. And like I said, I, I've got a lot of respect for Michael Horowitz and the work he's done. We'll wait and see what the report says. But the, the investigation I think that matters the most is the one that John Durham is doing, that, that will look not just at the FBI and the Justice Department, which is where Horowitz is focused, but will look at the broader issues, what was happening in the CIA and other parts of our intelligence apparatus, and, and was there the proper predicate, as Bill Barr has testified about, to actually open this investigation in the summer of 2016. The, the, remember... The word that Bill Barr used that got the left so fired up was when he used the word spying. And he said there was a fair leadership at the upper echelon of the FBI. Spying took place. There's a basis for my concern about the spying that took place, and he's going to investigate all this. And he even used the, he even used the word political surveillance, which sure seems like what they did. I mean, you, the, the, my, my guess is we've never seen this happen before in American history where you had two American citizens associated with the presidential campaign were spied on by our government. So – that's a pretty high standard, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm more focused on what Durham does and, and, and what his report's about than what, what we may get next week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. I'm a little disappointed, however, that we're not going to get, uh, you know, some, some meat, uh, out of this one with, with the inspector general. And I fear that what, what that report is going to be accurate because of what you pointed out. You know, he did a report, he released his report back in, uh, 2018, yep. uh, summer of 2018, as you re- referenced, in which he said that James Comey 
was insubordinate. He t- said that James Comey uh, uh, was uh, uh, by, or excuse me, was uh, um, uh, negligent yep. in his duties in this in in the investigation and uh, in his actions with uh, what happened with President Trump. But he said there was no political bias there. There is clear political bias referenced, and we talked about this yesterday with Lisa Page breaking her silence and complaining about uh, the coverage of her text messages and the president's comments. But in all of that, that those messages. It was very clear they referenced Andy McCabe, and they referenced yep. Lisa Page did that the President Obama wants to know exactly what we're doing, wants to be kept in the yeah. loop on all of this. So how can it not be politically biased? And that's what uh, Horowitz found in this in the Comey case. That's why I'm really worried about what he's going to say on Monday. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned, too. Uh, let's, let's reserve judgment until we get the report, and we're going to know here in, in less than a week. So we'll, we'll get a chance to read it, and we'll talk about it next week. But you're right. There was all kinds of things in those previous reports about lawyer number one, lawyer number two, FBI agent number one, Page mm-hmm. and Strzok, and, and, and all kinds of problems. I mean, remember, the insurance policy, don't worry, Lisa, we'll stop him. All those things they said, and yet Peter Strzok still maintains he had no bias in his, in his work. And you're like, what? Any, any, any American with common sense sees the kind of bias that existed there. And remember, this all started. July 31st, 2016, when they decided to go spy on George Papadopoulos and then a few months later go spy on Carter Page, that is unprecedented. So, so there better be a pretty – we better really dig into this, and let, let's hope that, that Durham is doing that, and I think he is, and find out if, in fact, that was properly predicated because it sure looks like it wasn't, but you know, we'll have to just wait and see. Last thing I want to get your response to Lisa Page yesterday, who came out in this, uh, actually it was on Sunday, <clears throat> she did this exclusive interview with the Daily Beast, and she said, I can't take this anymore. I'm speaking out because I'm tired of having the president trash my name and call me names and criticize me on Twitter. And then he, she said the straw that broke the camel's back was when he faked uh, an orgasm while reading in a in a demonstrative, dramatic way the text messages at one of his rallies in, in October. Now, I think it's a ridiculous thing to say that she said, yeah. but she is claiming that she She's the victim now. Do you think it's coincidental that she is coming out now and, and publicly no. defending herself and the fact that the Horowitz report is on its way? No, of course it's not coincidental. Nothing is with the left. Everything is planned. Everything is orchestrated to a, to a, to attack. I mean, it's just, it's just how they how they operate. Um, of course it's not coincidental. The, the facts remain the facts, though. Like, it, it, we got what was it, two years ago now, uh, when we first started to see those text messages, it was November, December of 2017, when we started to see those text messages between the two people who were, were key players. You think about the top people, the, uh, the, uh, as Bill Barr said, the upper echelon of the FBI, we're talking about Jim Comey, who was, who was demoted, who, who, I mean, who was fired. We're talking about uh, Andy McCabe, who was demoted, then fired. We're talking about Peter Strzok, we're talking about Lisa Page. We're talking about Jim Baker demoted and then, then, then left the FBI. All these key people were the key people who ran the, the Clinton investigation and then turned around and ran the Trump-Russia investigation. And one thing Michael Horowitz said in his earlier report uh, a year and a half ago, he said they should have never ran the, the, the Trump-Russia investigation, not because they were so biased, which is obvious from the text message, but because of the fact that they ran the Clinton investigation. It should have been a different, different people based on that fact alone, and yet they, they continued to be these key people, the upper echelon of the FBI, so of course it's not an accident that she's coming out with this. Remember, she got she's got to look at the section of the uh, report that may may involve her. So she's already seen what Horowitz is going to say about Lisa Page. So she's out there talking uh, now uh, uh, six days, seven days before uh, this report comes out. 
Yeah, and that's a big part of the whole thing too. Is is they at the same people, the same people who were involved in the uh, in the spying were then assigned to the Mueller report, Mueller team, by the way, and then they got booted from the Mueller team because you know suddenly Mueller became aware of their their biased messages, uh, biased messages to one another. Great point, great point, Bob. So Strzok and Page are the key players in the Clinton investigation. Strzok and Page become the key players in the Trump-Russia investigation, and Strzok and Page get picked by Bob Mueller to go on his team and would have remained on that team until we discovered the text messages, and then they quietly tried to dismiss them. Thank goodness we got to, we got to see those text messages and make them public for the American people to see. And yet Strzok still uh, draws a, an FBI paycheck. That's the part that and I And Andy don't McCabe was on CNN this morning talking about I mean, like Andy McCabe, the guy was fired. The guy was, I mean, the fact that he's like a, uh, 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 you know, the voice of wisdom on CNN about these issues is just like, what an insult to the American people. And, and it's, it's no wonder that so many people are, uh, uh, that, that so many people are as frustrated as they are. Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, fighting to protect the presidency and the Constitution. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Bob. Take care. Alright, 1001, uh, we'll get a quick time out here. Uh, you got news here at the top of the hour. Peter Kersenow. I told you it's a great Tuesday when you got Jordan and Kersenow back to back. Kersenow next, right here on The Authority. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.